Matthew, the 27th chapter, from verse 1 to 66, the contemporary English version. Early the next morning, all the chief priests and the nation's leaders met and decided that Jesus should be put to death. They tied him up and led him away to Pilate the governor. Judas had betrayed Jesus, but when he learned that Jesus had been sentenced to death, he was sorry for what he had done. He returned the 30 silver coins to the chief priests and leaders and said, I have sinned by betraying a man who has never done anything wrong. So what? That's your problem, they replied. Judas threw the money into the temple and then went out and hanged himself. The chief priests picked up the money and said, This money was paid to have a man killed. We can't put it in the temple treasury. Then they had a meeting and decided to buy a field that belonged to someone who made clay pots. They wanted to use it as a graveyard for foreigners. This is why people still call that place field of blood. So the words of the prophet Jeremiah came true. They took the 30 silver coins, the price of a person among the people of Israel. They paid it for a potter's field as the Lord had commanded me. Jesus was brought before Pilate the governor who asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Those are your words, Jesus answered. And when the chief priests and leaders brought their charges against him, he did not say a thing. Pilate asked him, don't you hear what crimes they say you have done? But Jesus did not say anything, and the governor was greatly amazed. During Passover, the governor always freed a prisoner chosen by the people. At that time, a well-known terrorist named Jesus Barabbas was in jail. So when the crowd came together, Pilate asked them, Which prisoner do you want me to set free? Do you want Jesus Barabbas? or Jesus who is called the Messiah. Pilate knew the leaders had brought Jesus to him because they were jealous. While Pilate was judging the case, his wife sent him a message. It said, don't have anything to do with that innocent man. I have had nightmares because of him. But the chief priests and the leaders convinced the crowds to ask for Barabbas to be set free and for Jesus to be killed. Pilate asked the crowd again, which of these two men do you want me to set free? Barabbas, they shouted. Pilate asked them, What am I to do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? They all yelled, Nail him to a cross. Pilate answered, But what crime has he done? Nail him to a cross, they yelled even louder. Pilate saw that there was nothing he could do and that the people were starting to riot. So he took some water and washed his hands in front of them and said, I won't have anything to do with killing this man. You are the ones doing it. Everyone answered, We and our own families will take the blame for his death. Pilate set Barabbas free. Then he ordered his soldiers to beat Jesus with a whip and nail him to a cross. The governor's soldiers led Jesus into the fortress and brought together the rest of the troops. They stripped off Jesus' clothes and put a scarlet robe on him. They made a crown out of thorn branches and placed it on his head, and they put a stick in his right hand. 
The soldiers knelt down and pretended to worship him. They made fun of him and shouted, Hey, you, king of the Jews! Then they spit on him. They took the stick from him and beat him on the head with it. When the soldiers had finished making fun of Jesus, they took off the robe. They put his own clothes back on him and led him off to be nailed to a cross. On the way, they met a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, and they forced him to carry Jesus' cross. They came to a place named Golgotha, which means place of a skull. There, they gave Jesus some wine mixed with a drug to ease the pain. But when Jesus tasted what he was, he refused to drink it. The soldiers nailed Jesus to a cross and gambled to see who would get his clothes. Then they sat down to guard him. Above his head, they put a sign that told why he was nailed there. It read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. The soldiers also nailed two criminals on crosses, one to the right of Jesus and the other to the left. People who passed by said terrible things about Jesus. They shook their heads and shouted, So, you're the one who claimed you could tear down the temple and bring it again and build it again in three days. If you are God's son, save yourself and come down from that cross. The chief priests, the leaders and the teachers of the law of Moses also made fun of Jesus. They said, he saved others, but he can't save himself. If he is the king of Israel, he should come down from the cross, then we will believe him. He trusted God, so let God save him if he wants to. He even said he was God's son. The two criminals also said cruel things to Jesus. At noon, the sky turned dark and stayed that way until three o'clock. Then, about that time, Jesus shouted, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you deserted me? Some of the people standing there heard Jesus and said, he's calling for Elijah. One of them at once ran and grabbed a sponge. He soaked it in wine, then put it on a stick and held it up to Jesus. Others said, wait, let's see if Elijah will come and save him. Once again, Jesus shouted, and then he died. At once, the curtain in the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom. The earth shook, and rocks split apart. Graves opened, and many of God's people were raised to life. They left their graves, and after Jesus had risen to life, they went into the holy city where they were seen by many people. The officer and the soldiers guarding Jesus felt the earthquake and saw everything else that happened. They were frightened and said, this man really was God's son. Many women had come with Jesus from Galilee to be of help to him. And they were there looking on at a distance. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of James and John were some of these women. That evening, a rich disciple named Joseph from the town of Arimathea went and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate gave orders for it to be given to Joseph, who took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. 
Then Joseph put the body in his own tomb that had been cut into solid rock and had never been used. He rolled a big stone against the entrance to the tomb and went away. Bible before breakfast, Mildred Kingsu Konko here. Good morning. That was such a long read, but a necessary one. If you really want to capture what happened on Good Friday, remember, we're still on the journey to the cross. We're still looking at exactly how Jesus walked that journey down to the cross. And today is Good Friday. So today, even though it's considered one of the darkest days ever, we as Christians understand that it was a very good day. It may have seemed like a bad day because that was the day Jesus was tortured. He was tormented, lied against, and was sentenced to death. Jesus had to carry his cross. And at some point, he was so exhausted, he couldn't carry the cross anymore. And because the soldiers feared that he would die before he was crucified, they asked Simon the Cyrene to carry the cross for him. And he carried that cross all the way up to Golgotha. There Jesus was nailed to the cross and he died. Now, I find a lot of things about this entire experience very interesting and possibly very traumatizing. And I'm sure you've seen some movies about the whole the experience Jesus had and the passion of the Christ and how he was tortured and tormented and how the the crown of thorns was put on his head and i'm sure you've seen how painful it was for jesus to experience all of this i know you've seen those things but sometimes when i read about everything jesus had to go through all i can say is thank god that jesus loved me enough to pay the price so i didn't have to i hate pain Yes, I have a high threshold for pain, but I hate pain that isn't necessary. I don't see the point anymore in going through pain that is not necessary. It's not useful. It's not necessary. Jesus went through this pain so that we don't have to. And it's interesting that at some point, if you read the scripture very closely, you'll find that Jesus was offered something that would take the pain away the bible says when he realized what it was he refused to take it so he knew that he had to take the pain he had to go through the suffering he had to be beaten he had to have the crown of stones he had to go through all of this so that we would not have to jesus knew it was essential for the chastisement of our peace had to be upon him the stripes he took was for our healing. And Jesus had to die a disgraceful, painful, shameful, tormenting, traumatizing death for us so that he could defeat sin once and for all for our sake. Now, every time I think about how Jesus had to pay the price, I know that he didn't have to. Because the Bible tells us that he that was without sin became sin for our sins that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So Jesus didn't commit any sin. The Bible says that he was without sin. But the Bible says that the soul that sins must die. And so Jesus stepped into our place and took our place 
and died for our sins so that we would not have to go through this. So many things happened on that day. And the Bible tells us that from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came all over the land. So something was happening. And when it was about three o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice and he hung his head and then he died. And then something spectacular happened. The Bible says that at that moment, the temple curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, you need to understand what that scripture is saying to us. Normally, if something were to tear, it would tear from the bottom to the top. If you were to rip something, if a human being were to rip something, a curtain that was hanging, he would have to tear it from the base all the way up. But the Bible tells us that this curtain was torn from the top to the bottom, implying that only one person could have torn it, God himself. And that was God saying, from now on, I'm ripping apart everything that has been a hindrance from that has kept you from coming into the Holy of Holies. Bible says that as that curtain was torn, that the earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke open, and bodies of many holy people who were died who had died were raised to life. And these people came out of their tombs and they walked around, they went into the city. So Jesus didn't only raise Lazarus, his death raised many people. And these were things that happened everywhere. It wasn't something that was hidden. It happened everywhere. People saw it. So Jesus' death wasn't an ordinary thing. It wasn't like someone that just died secretly somewhere. He died openly, publicly. Everyone saw it. And you see, it's amazing how even though Jesus was paying the ultimate price for us, stepping in as our Messiah, people were still mocking him and insulting him and jesus didn't change his mind love kept him on that cross the love he had for you and i and i know i say this all the time maybe jokingly but i just thank god that god is god and that jesus is not like a regular human being he is god if not he probably would have been offended and he would have decided not to die but he chose to die and when people saw all that had happened, they said something. They said, surely he was the son of God. There was no doubt after Jesus had died. And after Jesus died, because they knew the next day was going to be a Sabbath and that there wasn't much they could do after the Sabbath, they made sure that they had to bury him on that day. The Bible tells us that Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate for the body. The Bible says he was a rich and influential man. And he went to Pilate for the body. When he got there, Pilate released the body to him. And the Bible tells us that the body was buried and laid in a tomb. Now that seemed like there was a finality to it. In fact, I believe that Satan must have been rejoicing because it seemed like he had won. Jesus had been crucified. But little did he know that that was the ultimate plan. When Joseph went to Pilate, he wasn't refused. Why? Because he was a rich and influential man. And now I'm asking you, when God 
gives you an opportunity to be great. What are you doing with that greatness that can move forward the body of Christ? Joseph went for the body. Because of his wealth, he was able to make sure that the body had a great burial. You today, my question is, God has blessed you and made you influential. What are you doing for the body of Christ, the church today? So when Jesus was buried, Satan thought it was over. He thought he had won. But you see, the Bible tells us that even though Jesus was crucified, the Bible says that the sins he bore, they were our sins. And he bore those sins in his body on the cross so that we may die to sin and live for righteousness. And the Bible says that by his wounds, we have been healed. The Bible tells us also that he was despised and rejected by mankind. He was a man of suffering. He was familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took our pain, he bore our sufferings. Yes, they considered him punished by God, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And it says that by his wounds we were healed. So Jesus didn't die because, he, because of himself. He died for us. And I need you to know that in dying, Jesus destroyed our death. And yes, Satan was rejoicing, thinking it was over. But Sunday is coming. Good morning. What a wonderful way to start your day. Bible Before Breakfast with Mildred Kingsley Kunko.